there's been a time uh, they, they've had an understanding that anything could happen between six to 12 months of them actually being fully activated. That's the bit that's crucial because we're aware that something is going on, something major is ahead. And they're saying that their sense was from particularly the remote viewing is that things may really, everything may be turned on its head in six to 12 months because mm -hmm. of these space arcs. And maybe, just maybe that's the event. Right now on Higher Journeys, with Alexis Brooks. Well, at long last, everyone, we are back. We are back. I was just talking to, as you can see on screen here, my dear friend, Mary Rodwell. So delighted to have her back for what I'm going to call the first show, uh, first comeback show, since I'm sure some of you have heard I have made a move. I'm now at an un interim undisclosed location um, and uh, hoping to be moving on to another location to be determined uh, <laughs> shortly. But it's great to be back, and I'm delighted to be back with you, Mary Rodwell. So much is going on, guys. Uh, she started giving me a download on some stuff that she has heard from some pretty heavy inside sources, of which Mary has quite a few. And I said, stop right there, Mary, because I want you to share with the journeyers what's going on. There's a lot of activity. As I'm sure you all know, uh, a lot of moving parts to what we're seeing on this planet right now, metaphysically, physically, multidimensionally, 3D, it's all there and it's happening now and I know you can feel it. So Mary, without further ado, welcome back. I want to get right into it. Before we get into a discussion on the walk-ins, we are going to be talking about that. But Mary, you had some pretty heavy intel to share with me and you feel fairly comfortable in talking about it with our audience today. So I'm going to say, go for it. Tell us what's happening with something that you're referring to as space arcs. Mm. Yes. Um, well, a lot of talk over the last few years has been about the event, um, something that is going to literally shift our paradigm. And that in itself has been intriguing because nobody's quite sure how to translate what does the event mean. And this may or may not be connected to it, but there's certainly um, enough around the whole story that intrigues myself and many others. And it's, it started primarily about, I hadn't heard anything to do with space arcs at all. And I was working with a, a lovely lady in Canada who had had experiences with a family, uh, sorry, her friends, which she didn't realize at the time. She was had an experience on board a spacecraft where she was shown around, but she also saw some of her closest friends on the space, uh, on the spacecraft as well. And she um, thought it was all a dream until the next morning. Some of them actually then rang her up and said, we dreamt that we were on a spaceship. And she said, well, I also dreamt we were on a spaceship. So that was confirmation in a way that something very unusual was going on. But what she wanted to understand more than that was a message that she'd been given that she couldn't remember. And she said and it was an important message. And she said, Mary, can you help? So I did a regression with her. And what we discovered was something that connected to what we call past lives, a mission. And this mission she, that she was aware of when she went into it was that in Atlantis, she was with some of these closest friends that she saw on the spaceship. And they were all incarnated at that time and were working as light workers on Atlantis. And she said, and there was a message about that she needed to know about because of their mission now. And it's all to do with something we call, you know, any lots of people are calling the shift, the change, the shift in paradigms. What does that all mean? And she was shown some symbols that she realized were um, somewhere very close to Bimini. And these symbols were on what she believed to be some kind of space arc, which was there, has been there for a long, long time, obviously around the area that was Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting was that she started to say, there's something about it being activated. 
Now, I knew nothing about space arcs. I knew um, li literally this was news to me until I start literally as synchronicities have it. And I always find it quite amazing how information comes to me from various sources. And it was literally within a week or so, I came across Dr. Michael Sala talking to um, a whistleblower, JB, who was talking about space arcs. And I was fascinated because it was all about these space arcs being activated. And there's a number around the world, including in Ukraine. And the reason he's saying that there's so much going on in Ukraine at the moment and so much being pushed is that the the US want these space arcs, these activated space arcs because of the technology. Um, but also Putin knows about it because there's one in Russia and he wants to take control of these space arcs in Ukraine because of the potential of what they are, because they are activated by my consciousness and they're being activated now at this time. And apparently there's others all around the world as well. Wow. When you say activated by consciousness, I mean, we know that's such a broad word and we're still grappling to understand what it is. What, what do you mean activated by ET consciousness? ET consciousness? No, human consciousness. The, what the sense is that when we reached a certain level as humanity, in terms of our consciousness and our waking of consciousness, that triggers or has triggered these space arcs. I see. And this is what this young, this um, wonderful lady who I regressed was aware of, is that they're now all being activated because of our uh, uh, humanity is waking up. And we know this. We know that more and more people are becoming aware um, of a greater reality. More and more people are, you know, having the activations and then realizing there's more to life than they've been programmed to believe. They all want to um, be in a new kind of more loving, more heart-centered reality. And all of this is what apparently is triggering this, con this uh, these arcs because it seems like they were put there uh -huh. for this very time. And How as, go on. Do you have, as you're seeing Mary space arcs, I'm trying to image what they might look like. And you're talking about multiple ones in multiple locations. Do we have an idea of what they would look like? And there's a reason why I'm asking. I'll get into it a bit later. What do they look well, like, I, space arcs? I, I think they look like um, craft, huge craft that have within them all this new technology. And there may be more to that that I can't disclose at the moment. Um, but there may be more to that because I've spoken to um, a group that she's attached to now that are remote viewing these. So they're actually using their consciousness to go there. And what they've seen is the this technology, but they've seen other things I can't mention at the moment. I'm afraid I have to get permission first. But, Maybe you can um, do it in our Patreon after show. <laughs> I won't push you. Well, well, the bottom line is, though, there's been a time. Uh, they, they've had an understanding that anything could happen between six to 12 months of them actually being fully activated. That's the bit that's crucial because we're aware that something is going on. Something major is ahead. And they're saying that their sense was from particularly the remote viewing is that things may really, everything may be turned on its head in six to 12 months because mm -hmm. of these space arcs. And maybe, just maybe, that's the event. I was just going to say, there's been so much speculation about the event, yeah. all these buzzwords that we use, but certainly that is, uh, and one that denotes sort of this um, activation, I think the mm -hmm. term has been used, an event that would trigger the consciousness of the masses to the extent that the the masses are. I don't know that it's going to be everybody, but enough to shift the paradigm. And it sounds like uh, this could be uh, what we're talking about. Who's to say? Could be multiple events. Here's what I wanted to bring up to you, Mary, because I'm thinking of a dream that I had. Yeah. I brought it up on the show uh, before. About um, six weeks, let's, let's say, about six or so weeks ago. And in this dream, I recall being in some kind of a structure. It felt like mm -hmm. a home. A home on the ground, 
but I was looking out the window and what I saw seemed to be a planet that looked like Earth, but Mm -hmm. I remember referring to it as the moon. I don't know. Let's call it a planet, but a planet the size of a planet literally outside of my window. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, it's really happening. It is finally really happening. The the feeling of it was even more um, pronounced than what I was seeing, but it was right in my face. It was like looking out of your window and seeing a planet that you could literally touch. Now, here's the kicker. I recall very, very uh, clearly seeing what I would describe as craft, but I called them satellites for some reason. They were almost miniature craft that were hovering around this planet in a multitude, hovering, you know, and the planet was moving, like sort of rotating on its axis toward Mm. me. But what's key, and I'm thinking, who's to say, but dreams for many people can be very revelatory, just like the the woman that you regressed and seeing people that she knew who also had dreams. Are we all having a variety of dreams that may be roughly describing a similar situation, I wonder? I, I think you may be absolutely right. And even though we always look on spacecraft as being either cylindrical or triangular or saucer shaped and what have you, we know certain craft can be planetary sized as well. Hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. that they, oh, they absolutely. Are, yes. You know, so who knows? And right. I, I mean, this is something that's, that came to me, uh, somebody sent to me something huge coming out of the sun mm-hmm. that was, you know, in the perimeter of the sun, like a huge, huge craft, planetary sized. So, I mean, we always look at our human, the limits that we can do in terms of as humans, but we've got no idea what some of these advanced intelligences can actually create. I mean, they, they go over, you know, vast distances um, through wormholes and what have you as well. So, there's, there's so much technology that human beings are not being educated into deliberately no so that they don't know what we're capable of. And if we go into whistleblower material, and I've talked to a number of them, we're talking about portals, stargates, um, a whole range of things that most of us think are science fiction. But there's so many people, credible, articulate, and I would say very grounded, full of detail of their experiences um, with some of these particular things we think are just science fiction. And apparently Stargates, and they've known about Stargates since the 1960s, 65, uh, 1965 onwards, there have been a number that have talked about, you know, the secret space programs. Mm-hmm. Are they all fantasizing? I don't know. No. I don't know. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, Mary, I think we're at a, a point in our trajectory uh, with humanity. We know that our audience certainly, uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm sure that many of the journeyers watching are right on board with us. I think we're fast losing this, this, um, the propaganda around these sorts of things being sci-fi. As a matter of fact, many would argue that the sci-fi that we've become accustomed to were, was put there before us for a reason. Some call it predictive programming slipping the truth in through the guise of fiction at Al. But I think we're beyond, I think overall we're beyond that. And I'll tell you something, the more I talk to people and I have, I've never been shy about talking about the work that we do. And, you know, uh, once we get into the nitty gritty, um, more times than not, people are fascinated and oftentimes have a story to share. They just can't talk to anyone else about it. We've got to, we've got to stop that. And I think we're, yeah. we're, we're slowly but surely getting to the point where we are accepting that this is a reality and it's going to be in our face. We better pick it up really quick. Look, look, look at what we're dancing around here, what could be happening. In this dream, I remember thinking it's irrefutable now. No one will be able to den- deny it. Whatever it was I was witnessing, I just remember the feeling of it's all on the table now. Yeah. We're about to hit an event that's going to put it all on the table. Mm. Well, what's interesting for me is how many people have said, I can't be quiet anymore. I'm go- I have to talk about this. 
um, I'm just being pulled into and pushed into disclosing more of what you know I've experienced and it's been quite incredible the awareness um, that they've had about a lot of this and I go back to a really interesting one almost at the beginning of my journey uh, within a few years of me doing this um, I actually worked with a young lady she was 13 years old and she'd had some experiences and she wasn't sure what to make of them and what was interesting was that she'd realized that not only was she having experiences with the little Zetas <clears throat> and what have you, what was fascinating was she said, I'm on a planet. And she said, it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's a red planet, she said. And she said, it's strange because I can see an American flag. And she said, and there's beings under the ground on this planet. And I remember at the time thinking, a red planet, American flag, and, and oh, she said the last um, kicker was, there seems to be a face here, a big face on this planet as well. And at the time, everything was coming out about the face on Mars. She didn't know anything about that. And uh, what I was thinking is, what is an American flag doing on Mars? Hmm. Um, but it's no doubt she was talking about Mars. Now, this is a 13-year-old that we were exploring, primarily her ET interactions with these little greys. Now, for me, I put it to one box and thought, well, that's um, a highly anomalous, unusual thing. But I've now, since I wrote The New Human, met a number of children that have been taken on board craft and taken to Mars. And um, one young girl, all of seven or eight, actually did a drawing of a dome on Mars that she saw, for example, and talked about being shown um, beings on Mars itself. So all these things, you, you start to put them together and say, oh, you know, either we've got, you know, very creative kids, but for for someone to come up with something like that in a regression all those years ago when nothing about the face on Mars was known or anything like that to her gave it some credibility. And of course, since then, you know, we hear of others that talk about stargates or um, portals to other places. And certainly some of the whistleblowers I've talked to, you know, talk about portals on this planet coming from one place to another. I mean, one was um, apparently in um, Alaska, there's a portal where they go from Alaska to another place in the US, literally just by walking through this mm -hmm. kind of uh, technology. And apparently there's technology all over. So I, I know this is all very deeply down the rabbit hole, but for me, uh, the credibility part of it is when you've even got children describing things that they shouldn't have any knowledge of whatsoever, are coming out with this kind of information. That's pretty compelling. Absolutely. And this is what you have steadily relied on for so long. And I, I always love listening to you tell us about the, the children that have are, are really coming through with some some pretty heavy intel. Um, they, they have no reason to lie. They have no reference. They have no context. Again, Mary, I think we're beyond that. I think we're really, really most of us are down the rabbit hole a piece <laughs> holding hands at this point, all of us. The question is, what is, what's that next revelatory moment? Now you're talking, we're talking about stargates. We're talking about dumps. We know what those are, right? Deep underground military bases, and perhaps some of these stargates being located in proximity there, and the technology that that may exist there. I mean, we can go back and talk about, um, bless his heart, um, Sergeant Robert Dean, who we lost several years ago. I remember Bob Dean. You remember, yeah. I think you may have worked with him. I'm not, I don't recall. But I know I've you met know him enough. Yeah. You met him. And he, I recall, talked about uh, one of those areas, I believe in Nevada, that uh, had, it was a dumb, one of the dumbs that had uh, an elevator that went down many, many levels. He himself, I don't believe was on it, but was told of an individual that was brought there, brought down quite a few levels underground in Nevada went through some sort of something. Yeah. It seemed to be a Stargate because here's where they ended up in Pine Gap. 
Yes. Australia. Yes. That was probably my first uh, acclamation to such such high strangeness, yes. right? That's right. But we've heard so many uh, whistleblower testimony in that regard. And that's not to say all of it's true, but there's something going on. Clearly, there's something going on. If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. One other, one other thing that was interesting to me, now this is some years ago. This is in around 2000 when, we ha- uh, when the U.S. went to war with Iran and, and um, the whole Saddam Hussein side of things. And they were saying that there was weapons of mass destruction. Um, destruction there and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, I was uh, connected to a wonderful lady in England who, um, amazing, clairvoyant, and she said to me, Mary, just to say to you, I've been told <laughs> that there's not, it's nothing to do with weapons of mass destruction other than the fact there's some ancient um, artifacts right. that are technology that they have or Saddam has that if he can access it and what have you could be highly dangerous because of it's a it's you know it's ET technology um and it's it's quite um what's the word could give him a lot of power because if um if he accesses it then it's going to give him a, a really important position in the world politics and what have you in terms of what it will give him and she said, this is what the being said to her, that if uh, that's why they, they, the whole war was um, orchestrated to get that technology. And of course, we did know that Baghdad Museum was raided mm-hmm. as well as part of that. Now, I heard this from her and I'm thinking, oh, it's pretty interesting. Goodness knows whether it's got any value or whatsoever. I happened to know a, a, a guy in American intelligence at the time. So I just emailed him out of interest and said, this is what I've been told um, by Clairvoyant in England. Um, is, it, is, there, you know, is there any kind of um, value to this information? He wrote back to me short, sharp letters. Mary, don't write about it. Don't talk about it. Yes, your answer. Don't um ring anyone about it completely avoid talking about it because you could be in deep trouble well i hope you're not in deep trouble today because well, you just bit, talked about it but well, it's yeah. a bit late now isn't it? You know, this is there's your answer now, well, so. yeah there, well there's your answer when people give those sort of nebulous but very <laughs> uh it's, it's not what you say it's what you don't say it's clear that something is going on there. And it seems like in so many of these historical events, Mary, uh, we're told that they're taking place for one reason. I'm going to be very, very uh, homogenized in the way I use my words here. We're told that these events are happening for one reason, for one motivation, when it very well could be another, like what you're, what we're talking about here, including the current events that are going on right now. Um, I want to talk about CERN. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. We talk about portals. You know, everyone is at this point is familiar with what's going on or what has been going on, and apparently what's been ramped up uh, more recently with CERN in Switzerland. What is? Do you have any intel on that? Do you have any thoughts on what's happening and how that might be playing into some of the things we're talking about right now? What's happening at CERN with the Large yeah. Hadron Collider? Yeah, I haven't got any whistleblower intel, only I've been, like most people, interested in what are they actually doing. And my, my sense is that they are playing around with creating some kind of perhaps wormhole portal t- technology going, um, accessing other dimensions. And the big concern for that, for most people should be, what are they going to let in, not just what will they, you know, 
what can they let in with that? Because I believe that might have been the same thing with um, the Philadelphia experiment mm -hmm. in 1943, where they said they created a rip in time and let in a lot of very, uh, um, uh, not certainly not benevolent entities and, and yeah. what have you. Whether that's true or not, Al Bielik was what involved in that. Of course, he's not with us anymore. I met him a number of times. But it's certainly his, his account of being on, on the ship and it going through, uh, going when they created the rip in time and they went through to 1980. Um, and he was with his brother Cameron at the time. So this is, uh, maybe this is a similar kind of thing that they've created a similar kind of uh, technology only on a great, greater scale than the Philadelphia experiment. I wouldn't be surprised, but again, I've got no personal intel on sure. that. There's just others that have come and spoken about this as a, as a possibility. Yeah. So I just think that that's what they're doing. They're playing, they're playing God in my trying to. We are going to, uh, um, and I suspect that if these activations of these arcs um, are going to continue and we get to know more about our history maybe this is why they're being activated because we're playing with fire and they've always the reason we saw so much uh, activity with more craft was as soon as we had the nuclear bomb and we had new nu um, nuclear weapons then everything was accelerated in bringing in new generations of more awake humans to actually give us the awareness of what we're doing from in real terms mm -hmm. because we, we've been like a three-year-old with a loaded gun that's that right. can kill realizing that what the damage that's done and these intelligences have said you're not just affecting this particular planet you're affecting us in the the, the dimensional realms as well that's not okay that's not and amazing. i believe it might be part of the reason that this activation is happening now is because of the consciousness of, of humanity and that can go one of two ways we can actually go more into the technological side and using this for harm or to activate our higher consciousness and a responsibility we have to all sentient life which is you know what seems to be um happening more and more mm -hmm. so it's it's we are here at a very very significant time on multiple levels i agree with you, you know, and this is it's all coming out so i suspect we're going to have some really it's just everything's going to be turned on its head and a lot of people are going to find themselves in a whole new world mm -hmm. i think you're right and i think a lot of people are feeling it whether it's through mm -hmm. dreams, whether it's in some yeah. cases physical symptoms, particularly the sensitives that are getting, we've talked about this on the show many, many times, uh, a, a myriad of physical symptoms, not to mention the fact that astrologically, planetarily, we're going through some really, really heavy dips and curves with uh, with the, the just the planet, uh, the, the alignments that are happening, the conjunctions that are happening, all of it at once. And none of it by accident. So it's it's a tough, bumpy ride, but we're there. Mm. I think we're absolutely mm. there. And as far as CERN, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to stop talking about them. <laughs> um, yes, the, the, the inference that they may be trying to play God, no question, but what they've done in the process or what, they're, what they may, may eventually do. My question is, have they already done it? Have they already opened, you know, yeah. ripped, ripped into yeah. space time and already brought in perhaps some uh, not so favorable uh, creatures in the process? Hence the reason why so many other things may be going down right now, accelerated. I thought about yeah. that. Mm. What's here right now? Mm. I can't say for sure, but the sense that I have is that there's something that's that's not supposed to be here that's here right now. What do you think, journeyers? I'd love to hear in the comments. I, I really, we can only speculate, but going on feeling alone, I feel like the damage may have already been done. Not that it can, can't can be reversed, mm. but uh, yeah. Let's talk about, let's see how we can fold the walk-in phenomenon into this conversation. I'm sure if anyone can do it, you can, because that's when I uh, reach, reach out to you, that's uh, something that I wanted to touch on because you were one of, I'd still say one of the relative few people that have really dug into you the walk-ins, particularly mm. as it relates to the ET contact phenomenon and even past lives. Mm. Um, let's see if we can draw a nexus point here. Uh, what 
first of all, I want to go back and let's maybe let's start with this. If you could tell the audience, for those of you that may not know, what the concept of walk-ins is, and then we'll go from there. Well, my understanding, um, walk-in soul swap, um, there's lots of different names that are given to that phenomena. And there are lots of people that just feel after a certain experience very, very different to how they did prior to that. And it may be they had a near-death experience, they may have had a serious accident or some life-changing trauma where suddenly they feel very, very different. And in terms of how different they feel is like they've got the memories of themselves prior to the walk-in experience, but they've got no emotional attachment to them. They've got a whole different feeling and a different behavior to how they were previously and not always understanding why. But I'll talk about one particular lady who was a walk-in to a three-year-old young girl. And she explained to me that she remembers being on a craft. It was, um, she was nine foot foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, um, didn't, they, they were telepathic and, the, and their food was light. And the next thing she w- remembers is being in this little girl's three-year-old body, human body, n- um, having to learn how to talk and having to learn how to eat. So that was one form of walk-in. So, but there are others that were, are older. They may have had a traumatic event of some kind, an accident or whatever, and they'll feel different. And it's often through looking into that on a spiritual level, they realize that they were not the same soul. The understanding is that souls have an agreement sometimes that they will share the the human container. And in other words, one may be in there, um, the soul might be in there for a period of time, like 14, 20 years or 21 years, having this significant event while they'll vacate and because the the human biological body is still functional, they'll allow another soul in who has a mission, has a purpose, has something to do. And they've come in at that time rather than uh, not needing <clears throat> the childhood experiences, for example, and coming in as an adult so they can do their mission or their purpose. And they will feel and want to behave completely differently to the soul that was prior there. But there's another form that I've come across where someone, excuse me, has shifted and they call it a walk-in, but it's not quite the same. It's when they call in more of their soul self because of, of what they have to do, needing more of that essence to complete their task. So they may, the way that I, I've tried to understand it, and it's my own way of, of talking about it. It's like saying the soul is like the palm of your hand. Aspects of you are living other experiences mm-hmm. and what have you. Mm-hmm. But the, the job becomes to the point where you need more of your understanding, awareness, um, insight, higher knowledge. You'll bring in more of that aspect of yourself. So you give yourself a boost, if you like of more of that that essence, that awareness, that knowing. And it can feel so dramatic. It feels the same kind of thing like a walk-in, but it's not. It's just more of you and your higher self or your oversoul coming in. So that's another, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> it just gets. There's a lot of uh, nuances to it. It's, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, exactly. I, as I've listened to you, we have talked about this before, as a matter of fact, on the last mm-hmm. Patreon after show that we did a year ago, we spent a little bit of time on, on the walk-in phenomenon. And we know a few people, I'm not going to name any names right now that feel themselves to have had uh, a walk-in situation. Um, I know I've asked you before, I'm going to ask you again in terms of, you know, we think of soul swap or soul exchange. Some people may call it even an overlay in some cases. What possession versus walk-in Okay. It seems as if there's some similarities, but you, when we think of classic, you know, yeah. demon possession as an example or spirit yeah. possession, what would be the difference here with that versus a, a walk-in as you're explaining it? Well, 
first of all, there's something called overshadowing, um, mm. which is different to possession. For example, my understanding of possession, I've, I've met a few people that I believe were uh, possessed by an entity that um, basically controlled them through getting them to behave in a certain way. So they would be told what to do. They may have even believed it was a spirit guide or something or other. But the difference is that it was very negative in the sense of what it would tell you to do. It would order you about. It would threaten you. And it wouldn't allow any free will. So that's the difference between a, a spirit guide who suggests things, um, encourages you to trust your resonance. There's, it's like a good, uh, a good friend and a negative friend. Mm -hmm. You know, the good friend is you always feel good around them. They're supportive. They're helpful. They're, they'll guide you, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they will never try and control you. Whereas the negative friend, you always feel uh, less empowered, that you don't feel so good around them. You feel like you're being controlled, but you don't know what to do about it. And I have met some that are aware of this, but somehow feel empowered by that energy that, you know, is, is attached to them and don't want it to go because it gives them some feeling of power or strength. So that's the difference. There's something called overshadowing, which is when um, you're in a relaxed state and a guide or a teacher may come in and uh, use your physical body and voice to um, talk to whoever it is or bring through information or whatever. More like and channeling. Mm. Yeah. Just, and your consciousness can be moved to one side mm. while that happens. Or you can vac literally your consciousness can vacate while that happens. Bashar's one where the consciousness vacates. That's right. Yes. I've experienced overshadowing where the conscious my consciousness was moved to one side and the voice may change a little bit, but there's a, there's a kind of, uh, <clears throat> it's hard, <clears throat> excuse me, it's hard to explain really other than it's an energy that you feel that's, that's basic for a while. You're allowing to use your vocal cords and your, your physical body to convey something. And right. it's, yeah, it can feel a bit strange to start with, but it's, it's not like they stay with you. It's a temporary thing to convey a message. Right. <laughs> so this would be somewhat different than the walk-in phenomenon that you're talking about. Um, I'm trying to think of where I want to go. I know where I want to go, but there's so many different questions within the one question. It would sound like when it comes to the possession phenomenon versus walk-in, yeah. the main differential is agreement versus non-agreement taking over someone out, you know, uh, against their will versus making an agreement, even on an unconscious level to have the soul of this person vacate for the other one to come in. That's that, that would be one delineator, if you know what I mean. In other words, someone that, that is taken over by a malevolent entity, I, I doubt they're agreeing to do that. So there's a force there, um, you know, in the possession versus the walk-in, whereas in the walk-in, <laughs> Would you say that in yeah. every case, it is an agreement at some level, both souls are agreeing uh, to make this exchange? The walk-in is where there's been an agreement on a soul level for the soul to switch because the other soul maybe just needs to be in a physical body for a certain length of time to do whatever it is they've chosen to experience. And they've done their job. They've experienced what they needed to. They've got a perfectly healthy vehicle. And they're allowing another soul, and it may be a soul in their same their soul soul family in their soul group, that they're saying, "I'll be in this particular body till I'm 15. I've achieved what I want. Then by then, you're welcome to then come in and have this physical body." The thing with possession is an interesting one because um, one of the I have come across that there was no doubt they were being controlled, um, but there was part of them that didn't want to let that go because it made them feel somehow more empowered, um, even though they, part of them didn't want it on one level because they didn't like to be controlled, but on another level, it made them feel strong and powerful. And I've met a few like that that were fully aware that this wasn't healthy, but they didn't want to let it go. And I, you know, I met I'm, uh, one particularly that um, I talked to because it, 
it came in during a meditation uh prior to sorry prior to a meditation where suddenly this woman was taken over and by this being that called himself the antichrist by the way um mm. and basically i was talking to this and he was saying and this this entity which i don't believe was anything like the antichrist um just said that to scare everyone around and i i remember saying them saying to me they're staying and this the soul that was in there wasn't going to have any more to do with the body at all and i'm saying well that's not true you're going and she's coming back and we had this dialogue where i was saying you're going <laughs> you know so it was this is what was what was actually going on and i said you are going and she's coming back i'm staying you can't you know all this kind of stuff and we had this we continued to have it um but in the end that the entity moved back and the woman came back and she wanted to work with me about other things and i said to her first of all though you've got to close down you you know because you're you're allowing in these kinds of frequencies that are going to continue to control you and she didn't want to she didn't want to close down and i thought well she's made a choice then for some reason that she prefer to be like this than actually be free from that because the the truth is that some people don't there's there seems to be kind of trade that they like otherwise they would close down from it um and those that are susceptible to lower entities are often those in in fear uh, or the, those in ego that can attract that frequency Ah, um, so if you're there's the two things that, that call in that frequency and you know when our energy field isn't um he healthy for some reason if we're on drugs or alcohol or whatever it's more of an opportunity then for these entities to access you because you're on a frequency they can access you so they can come in and you know we hear about people you know that got you know plastered with some drug or um uh, where you hear of, of drug addicts seeing entities and or feeling controlled by sure. them they are they truly are that makes perfect sense yeah absolutely and they and do things they wouldn't normally do this makes me think about what we've been through and we, we've been it seems like we've been saying for the last two years soon we'll be able to say the last three years and how much alcohol and drug abuse has gone through the roof yeah, and you can only imagine if our if the theory that we're talking about is correct, how prevalent other entities yeah. messing around with a lot of people, a lot more people because yeah. of so many being marred and not everybody, of course, but you know, uh, isn't it interesting that during lockdown, uh, liquor stores here, at least here in the country, were considered an essential business that could stay open. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean, yeah. juniors? So you have to yeah. ask yourself the question, is that by design? Is that by design? Oh. Maybe some realize uh, being in, on that frequency, yeah, thinking, what that will attract. Well, it's it's a, you know, the, the, the feeling of isolation, um, the feeling of, uh, you know, being abandoned and, and the fear is one of the most powerful frequencies for such entities to connect to because when you're in fear you shut down you shut down from expanding tapping into your source and and with that fear they can actually access you because you're Absolutely. in that frequency that they can yeah. access you fear the sense of loneliness of mm. anger of apathy right. for others all provide a smorgasbord for a whole litany of energies to come in and just feast. And I think that's exactly what they've been doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that. That's, you know, we don't want to stay on the, we don't want to stay on the negative too long, but these are all the things that are happening right now at the same time, along with these beautiful things, going back to the space arcs and these, the activations that could, that could trigger the event. Uh, that that's a good thing. There's just so yeah. much happening right now. What are yeah. the, have you talked to any of the children recently? I think I, I've asked you this before over the last couple of years and what their sense is about what's happening right now. I'm not sure whether I mentioned, did I mention Amy? 
me. I'm just seeing if I can find um, what she said or what she was told, whether or not mm -hmm. I can actually find that right now. Let me see if I can find it. Um, okay. I'll just I think two you've minutes. talked about Amy before. Did I talk about Amy? I think you've mentioned um, Amy before. Oh, I know what I will tell you. This isn't from the children, but this is um, the message that um, this lady was told um, that she finally found out what it was um, about. Her uh, name's Beth. And she was told by the, um, when she finally recovered the message about uh, what she knew she'd been told but couldn't remember. And it was from a past life in Atlantis. She said, this was, this is the message. In the past life in Atlantis, we failed. And this was um, what she accessed. Um, the beings call themselves the teachers and also some are the Octorian council. We are your parents, you are our children. To evolve is to choose correctly the love frequency above fear and greed, open hearts and unity. The darkness will try and divide. We need to wake up the people to show them that they have a choice to serve the greater good, not fear, ignorance. Namaste. Earth will be part of the galactic community, no longer in fear, which is an illusion, to rise above it and see the lie. Service to others and lead by example. Time is short. Evolve and choose correctly. New Earth is bright. You have a place in the galactic future. We love you. And she was told that she was a bringer of light. So I think that's a pretty nice message that she recovered during her regression about powerful. now. That's powerful. We have to hold on to that. And again, know that everything seems to be happening at once. As, as you read that, I couldn't help but think about Dolores Cannon's New Earth. Mm -hmm. I brought this up several times. I've all, always tried to imagine how she was explaining it, that this new earth or this new planet, this new earth would emerge concurrent with the old earth. Could we be talking about literally another terra firma somewhere else? Not somewhere else, not somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Or was she talking about dimensionally? Yeah. That's always kind of puzzled me. And the message that you just read kind of, spark that in my my memory you know mm. a new earth it, and earth is part of the galactic family not in the in the hellhole that we're in right now no. something's going to have to emerge out of the ashes in yeah. order to uh to be a part of that i don't know it's a big question what do you see i think you, you you're spot on in the sense my sense has always been um, and something uh, I remember um, Zach mentioning, uh, you know, and I repeated in the book, The New Human, um, was about it's a it's a dimensional shift. And the earth, the new earth is already there waiting for us, mm. is how he put mm. it, waiting for us to join it. And that's how I see it, too, is that it's there and we just need to be in the right frequency to move and join it. It's already there yeah. and perhaps already inhabited. Maybe it's just, you know, these are people that are there for the, yeah. you know, they're, they get the early bird. <laughs> I'm being yeah. a little bit facetious, but I, you know, it, in some way I can see that mm. because we are operating based on what, what a Tesla say, energy, yeah. frequency, and vibration is everything and frequency standing out amongst all of it really for me. Um, the new earth isn't maybe another planet per se, but a frequency that's, that's, that's overlaying, or maybe the matrix is overlaying it. Mm. They coexist. They coexist. I mean, I will be talking about her, more of her journey and what she saw on the craft in terms of new plants that they are bringing to earth and what have you in, in a, 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 a presentation I'm doing for portal to Ascension next month, but I, I'll actually go through, her more of her story uh -huh. um as well as talking about more of the you know, the past life connections and one of them is about the sasquatch and a gentleman that uh, was communicating with the sasquatch um and saying they're star beings as well and he always felt very connected to them but wanted to know for sure and i did a regression with him and he's had three lifetimes as a sasquatch himself including really? his wife so 
that was why he's so connected to them. Wow. I recently heard the Sasquatch come up. I believe I'm going to um, call out Kira Cassidy. I believe she was talking about the history of the Sasquatch and how, not just the history, but the presence of Sasquatch now and how they, they're also referred to as Sas. There, there, mm. there's, there's kind of a hidden, there's kind of a hidden story underneath the Sasquatch as well. But there was yeah. another name that they're referred to. Anyway, came up recently. So that's interesting. You should bring that up. Wow. Mm. Well, listen, Mary, we're going to wind down for the main show. Everybody, you know, where we're going next. We're going to go on over to the Patreon after show. Please come on, come on over, support higher journeys and let us uh, take the conversation a little bit deeper for a little bit longer. But Mary, in the interim, uh, you just, you just gave us a little hint. You got something coming up with Portal to Ascension. Shout out to, is it Neil? I believe it's Neil. I've done yeah, a, Neil. I did a talk for him several years yeah. ago. He, he does great, great programs. Yeah. So we'll have you check that out. The website, I always get this wrong. Well, it's maryrodwell.com, right? But you've got several URLs that yeah. lead you there. Well, um, acern.com.au, A-C-E-R-N. That's the most a common one as well, but the okay. alien lady is another one. The so. alien lady, of course, the alien lady. When are you writing another Miss, Miss Mary? Oh, which? numbers of people do? that ask that. Um, I don't know because I, I need to be clear about what the focus needs to be, and I haven't quite got that focus. What is going to be helpful? Um, because each one was... Um, complementing the other and I want to make sure whatever it is complements the two previous mm -hmm. ones so I haven't yet got that sense of what it is but I'm sure it will come to me and I won't be let off the hook it will come to you and it shouldn't you shouldn't I agree with you you've got to let it you've got to be motivated by something or something's got to inspire it I think there's going to be a lot maybe it's the mm -hmm. event guys maybe it's the event could, could be. at any could moment be feels like it at any moment we could be facing something so magnanimous dramatic yeah. a little scary but um in in that is something grand and i'm holding on to that and i know you guys are too journeyers in the madness is the magic and whatever it is we're right in the thick of it it's coming and it's coming quick mary keep us informed sure. will you my dear Always appreciate you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go next door. For now, okay. we're going to say ta-ta to the journey years. Please come join us. But if not, join us back here for the next Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. And I'm so glad to be back with my buddy, Mary. We'll talk to you soon. Take good care. Bye-bye. Okay.